0: Hello and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm Emma Sandler, beauty and wellness editor and your host for today. Today, I'm speaking with Shelby Wild, the founder of California Naturals Hair Care. Wild launched the hair care brand Playa in 2017 before departing in 2021 and later launched California Naturals in 2023, focused on the mass category and currently sold at Target. Shelby, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Emma. It's so great to see you again.
0: Likewise. Thank you for joining us. You know, as I was thinking about Playa, which, you know, I knew so well, I had a great fan base. It also made me realize that I don't think I know much about your professional background. How did you even get into beauty or did you come from the beauty industry when you launched Playa?
1: I did not come from the beauty industry, surprisingly enough, so my journey um, into hair care was, was quite organic. So prior to, to launching Playa, I was actually a stylist at Vogue, so I worked at Vogue Italia and Lamo Vogue, and later with this woman named Ruschka Bergman doing independent styling. Um, and from there, I, I found that I was kind of running out of the door every single day. I was living in this tiny New York City studio apartment. I had all of my products kind of like smashed into this vanity, running out of the door, piecemealing things together from from different lines and kind of hoping that it was going to air dry and that kind of wash and go effortless laid back model off duty look. Um, though that was never really the case. Um, so as much as I tried to kind of experiment with with this routine and looking into my cabinet and the vanities of my friends and peers, I was realizing that everyone was kind of using the same five products. Um, and I thought, why has no one kind of consolidated hair care? And this was kind of this was almost 10 years ago. So looking back, everything was still kind of built on this archaic model of retail shelf space, all of the institutional players having, you know, like 30 different shampoo SKUs. And I thought, why hasn't anyone just created this simple daily routine? um, And all of that ladders up to this very specific end result. And that end result at the time was was very much this kind of boho, wavy, beachy hair look. Um, So I ended up quitting my job i told my hairstylist about this idea and he was like are you insane have you lost your mind like if it was easy to do everyone would do it and i was like well watch me um and so <laughs> thankfully i was quite young i was in my early 20s so um didn't really kind of understand the risk associated <laughs> with doing this um and and set out and it took me about 4 years to figure out how to develop the products um, how to build the retail relationships um, and i ended up launching the line in 2017
0: it's funny how naivete can actually be a boon sometimes to entrepreneurs because you don't know that risk, you don't have that cynicism that you might have had if you had a longer career or a more profe- or excuse me a more senior position somewhere. So it, in the end, it worked out very well. Um, so with Playa, I, I want to talk about what you kind of learned during that period that then led to the creation of California Naturals because Playa was prestige, California Naturals is mass. That seems like a really big change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of, or most of what I did at Playa really informed California Naturals, but setting out, I always knew that I wanted to create a mass market iteration of Playa. I grew up in the South, you know, my dad was a physicist, he worked for the government, so we weren't a high income family. So for me, like throughout my youth, my childhood product development and product discovery was really happening on the shelves of Target and CVS and Walmart. It wasn't happening in Sephora or in Ulta. And so I always knew that while I was creating these prestige products, I was was also seeing and hearing the feedback, not only from our own customer service channels, but, but from my peers at home, that the price point was just too high. Um, but I really love prestige and I loved just being able to create products without worrying about margins. And I think at the time, especially in that the natural space, creating products um, that were, you know, and on the higher side of natural, so like ninety percent plus natural, were so incredibly expensive. Um, so you really kind of had to start in prestige, and that's where product discovery was happening um, in the clean space at Sephora specifically. Um, but but things have kind of changed over the you know past decade, and we're able to kind of apply that same thought philosophy to mass and, and make it work from a margin perspective now.
0: Yeah, tell me more about that change. What are some of the things that took place that? allowed you to create this vision of a natural mass category brand.
1: I think just the cost of raw materials has decreased significantly. I think my favorite that I like to say is like cocoa glucoside, which is um, a coconut-derived surfactant that we use is a quarter of the price now than it was when I started Playa, you know, eight years ago. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see the evolution kind of across even the raw material landscape, which is which has kind of allowed us to create these really high quality products that we're creating for California naturals and still have them sit below $10.
0: What is that experience like of launching a second brand? I imagine, you know, especially because you're switching categories too, there's a different kind of learning curve. And I'm not sure if you're someone who really is like, oh yeah, I'm a builder. I love to get in from the ground zero and like build a brand. Some people aren't. Some people are. So what is your take on it?
1: Sure. I mean, I love making things. I think the first two or three years of developing a brand are my absolute favorite, where it's all very creatively driven, um, and you're just really working through proof of concept. Um, I also still am incredibly involved in the formulation side of the product, so I actually lead all of our product development and have since the beginning. So with with California naturals being my second brand, I, I always kind of joke that this really is the maturation of Playa. So I started Playa in my very early 20s. You know, I was 21 when I started thinking about the brand and you know around 24 when I launched it. Um, I had never led a team. I'd never fundraised before. I had no idea uh, you know what it took to operate a business within Sephora and and even what it what it took to really build out a product pipeline. Um, so I was really learning all of that in real time throughout the life cycle of Playa. Um, and we were very fortunate um, to be able to exit that brand in 2020. So I really got to kind of see the full arc of what it was like to to start and scale and exit a business. Um, so really taking all of those applied learnings um, into California Naturals has been absolutely incredible. Um, I also now have a three and a half year old daughter. And I think just being a mother has has kind of changed uh, my leadership skills in general. Um, so yeah, I feel I feel much more, much more confident and much more at ease um going into to California Naturals for sure.
0: Time and time I hear again about how when you become a parent, especially a first-time parent, things are put into perspective about like what's really important or how you manage things differently than you used to. So I imagine for you, it's one, you think of things differently in terms of management because you have family. And two, I would think that if you can manage a three-year-old, you can manage a group of adults. I would hope that's the case at least.
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. And I I also have kind of tried to to take a new applied thought philosophy to California Naturals. I started Playa again in my early 20s and I felt and I saw that, you know, I was dedicating all of my time to to starting and scaling this brand. And so I felt like I had kind of lost my 20s in comparison to, to my friends at the time. Um, and looking back, I'm incredibly grateful for the experience that I had. But I feel like I'm kind of just now starting my life. Um, but we have this new brand. And so I've tried to be very protective of our team, um, especially the more junior members of the team, and, and making sure that the building of California Naturals as, as enjoyable of an experience as possible for them. Um, So we've kind of aligned on the fact that now we actually don't have an office. So we all work remotely. And then we do a big quarterly team trip with the budget that would have been dedicated to our office. So we were actually just in Fiji. Um, we all surf, so we were all surfing in Fiji in this kind of like remote surf island, um, oh, I'm and doing so a week-long <laughs> week offsite. And I, I laugh because I, I feel like they don't, they didn't see the the side of playa, which was you know so tough in figuring it all out. Um, and they're like, "Wow, this is amazing! Entrepreneurship is incredible!" And and I laugh, but I'm very grateful that they're able to have that experience because i i didn't the first time around
0: absolutely tell me about the california naturals branding because of course it's about california culture but so was playa but playa had a different take on it so what is california naturals like
1: I think both brands are have been and, and are incredibly reflective of me and where I was when when I made them. So I think when when I started Playa, you know, I was working at Vogue. Um, my life was much more on the prestige side of things. And now launching California Naturals, I have a daughter. My house is a mess. You know, I need to be um, price conscious. Um, and so with California Naturals, what I also wanted to do was, was kind of market to my younger self and that younger version of me that was discovering product in Walmart and on the show shelves of CVS and on the shelves of Target. But um, it's really kind of this, this wink to 90s surf skate culture, um, but still feeling like it can be accessible to all. So like I wanted my daughter to love the packaging as much as I do. I wanted the fragrances to feel fresh and elevated and clean, but, you know, not, not overly mature um, so that they could really matriculate through through the home. Um, and we wanted this all to be rooted in you know, this California culture that that we know and kind of the real version of California, which is very natural. like we spend our weekends hiking and swimming and surfing and and I wanted to kind of bring that that idea of like getting out into nature and being more healthy to to the mass space because I don't think that's really been done yet, especially in hair care.
0: And speaking of that California, like skate culture, I can't not mention that Tony Hawk serves as the chief culture officer. Please talk to me about that. That is so freaking cool.
1: Yeah, Tony is amazing. Um, It's definitely one of those moments in first meeting him where I was like, is this real? (laughs) (laughs)
0: You're like, I've been waiting for this moment since I was 13. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Like, just like thinking back to me playing pro skater um, and like my parents did, um, where it was quite funny to be able to even share those stories with him. Um, But Tony is currently working on a fragrance for us, and we have some exciting things coming um, in the pipeline from him um, that we'll be able to share in January. Um, And in addition to Tony, we have another very exciting partner um, who's an actor named Owen Wilson um, that has recently joined the company as well. Um, And we're shooting some very fun content with him. This is now December 1st um, next week that will, will also go live in January. So enthusiastic about 2024.
0: Absolutely. What is Owen Wilson's capacity? What is it that he's going to be part of?
1: So he is also going to kind of serve as our chief culture officer and um, is really deeply involved on the product development side of the business, um, which is incredible. And we'll be shooting kind of hair tutorials with us going forward and and more kind of fun, fresh takes like that. Oh, that's such
0: an interesting concept, especially since they're both... Men and usually, whether it is those who are hair care enthusiasts, or you know, in the case of being a mass brand, typically, historically, it's been that women are the purchase makers, decision makers for a household. Was that a strategic decision, or was it more the California lifestyle that they embodied? I'm interested in knowing more.
1: Yeah, sure. So I think um, when we were initially thinking through who we wanted as a brand partner, obviously they needed to really embody kind of the ethos of the brand. Um, I think that's, you know, table stakes at this point. But I, I also felt that female celebrities in particular have been so incredibly saturated, like, you know, working in the Sephora space for almost a decade, you know, every celebrity essentially had a brand that kind of came through Sephora at the time. And and I felt, and we were even seeing this on the data side of things, that that those partnerships just weren't converting like they had used to. Um, And kind of feeling this fatigue coming out of the pandemic I think what what customers and what I personally want to see is something that's enjoyable um, and at least like brings a smile to my face. So in thinking about the content, we wanted something to be kind of fresh and funny and more kind of living on like the oatly liquid death side of things. Um and so I wanted the I wanted the face of the brand to be a man because I felt like it was different, it was fresh, and we could apply this kind of layer of humor over it um, to a space that that typically doesn't really. You know, see a lot of that um doesn't really see a lot of, um, I guess, like brand ethos or um there's, like heavy emotion behind what you're seeing on the shelves in the mass space in general, but specifically in hair care. Um, so that's what we're trying to do with Owen, which is really exciting.
0: How are you thinking about the California Naturals customer and community? What are you looking there to sort of build that community? What are some of the ethos of it? i I want to know. Because community seems like such a buzzword, but it also does have meaning.
1: Yeah, sure. So I think for us, because we have this like inherent California lifestyle, for us, we want the community to be reflective of that and getting outside and getting into nature. So we actually have um, a few classes that we're starting in the new year um, where all of our customers, no matter where they are, can go to our website. They can sign up and we'll have a bi-monthly surf class um, in Malibu. We are going to have bi-monthly hikes here in LA on the west side, um, and then we'll be able to start to kind of expand that and scale that across the country. And then as we look at our target audience, it really is anyone and everyone. The price point of the shampoos and conditioners are $8.99. They're unisex. The fragrances are unisex, and they really are designed for all hair and all skin types. Um, We have body washes and body moisturizers as well um but it's really incredible to see on the ugc side of things that um 4c and above customers are actually loving the daily shampoo and conditioner um so it really is just a testament to the fact that these kind of new age natural formulas really are able to span kind of all hair types all hair textures um and all ages
0: we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the rest of our conversation When it comes to retail, I mentioned that California Naturals is at Target, Playa notably was at Sephora. I imagine operating in those types of retailers are very different. Would you say that's the case?
1: They are. They are. I think um, obviously with prestige, there are different margins, and I think you have a little bit more wiggle room. Um, the pipeline is um, a bit more expanded, um, so you have kind of more time between. So, as we say, like um, California Natural System Matriculation of Playa, it's also definitely a test of our, our skill set as well, because the volumes are greater, the pace is faster. But our team is so incredible and so well equipped, and they've really kind of become like a family to me. And so it feels great that we're all kind of in lockstep and and executing against that. so while while it is inherently a little bit more stressful, um I feel like everyone is is more prepared for it
0: in terms of preparation, what are you seeing in the mass category or mass retail that are things you're just paying attention to, whether or not they directly relate to California Naturals, the brand?
1: Yeah, I think we are seeing an evolution to clean, which is really exciting. You know, we saw that with the Clean at Sephora initiative that target or um, the Clean at Sephora initiative that Playa was initially a part of um, in 2017, 2018. Um, and we're now starting to see that in Target as well. Um, and so the focus is on clean. And as we're looking at retail expansion for next year um, and you know, in conversation with Costco, it's interesting that even on the Costco level, um, clean is such an area of focus and sustainability as well. So it's an incredible to see.
0: Costco is definitely one of those like quiet power players. I did a story a few years ago on Costco And the story itself went viral. I mean, I love Costco, so I understand it. But clearly that is a sentiment that many people share. And so that has to be really interesting to work with them because I'm sure they know just what a rabid fan base they have.
1: I'm obsessed with Costco myself, and it's quite funny. Um, it's one of my friend's birthdays on Monday, and I actually went to Costco yesterday and got him a Costco gift card as his birthday gift.
0: Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> I like insisted with my parents they have a membership, and I was like, you need to get me a membership so I can go in New York to buy my bulk items. Um, so it was very, very proud moment when i got to get my own like costco card <laughs> so
1: that's amazing we've
0: talked about retail we've talked about community and you mentioned that there's a fragrance that tony hawk is working on i want to know more about how you're thinking about product development especially when you're thinking about it for the mass category
1: yeah. So I, I've taken a bit more of a formulaic approach to product development for California Naturals. And obviously I, I had the experience with Playa and really seeing what was resonating with customers. Um, like For example, with Playa, I made this product that was kind of like a wrinkle releaser for the hair and I called it New Day Hair Mist. And I was like, this is amazing. Everyone's going to go crazy for it. Like I've been needing this my entire life. Um, and we launched it and it just kind of fell flat, to be honest. And, and it was really funny to see. Um, and so we've we've been a bit more thoughtful about the pipeline with California Naturals and making sure that the SKUs could resonate with as wide and diverse of an audience as possible. And so in doing that, you know, we tend to look to Nielsen data, NPD data to see what's really performing from a category perspective and then even more so from a category perspective by retailer. Um, And then I also am just kind of reflecting on what I'm actually using, what my daughter is using, what my friends are using. Um, And then also now, um, because we do have a pretty significant social following for California Naturals, um, we're able to really kind of ping our community um, and get their feedback on, on what it is that they're seeing.
0: And what is it that they're seeing or what is it that they're asking for?
1: Sure. So we have a lot of exciting newness in the pipeline for next year. Um, We'll be launching moisture, shampoo, and conditioner in February. Um, And this um, this year is actually very much community and audience driven um, in that it was designed for TikTok. We wanted it to be incredibly demonstrable. We wanted it to be fresh and new and innovative and different. You know, I didn't want to just create, you know, duplicative SKUs and add more product that is kind of the same as you're seeing on shelf and, you know, try to compete. I really wanted to create something that was differentiated. So um For me, when I think of moisture, especially living in California, when we have rain, things are green. And when we don't, they're very dry. Um, So this product is actually going to be green. um, And the formula themselves are are green um, that we've colored with chlorophyll. Um, And so the chlorophyll is actually helping on a cellular level with the hair. Um, which is really interesting. And then I've created this fragrance for it. That's um, sweetgrass and fig. Um, so it's it's really weird and really amazing. And frankly, the best shampoo and conditioner I've ever used. So super excited about newness there. Um, we also have a volume franchise that we'll be launching in the back half. Um, and then we have some, some jumbos that we're working on for some of our retailers as well.
0: For the moisture, shampoo, and conditioner, you mentioned designed for TikTok. Were you referring to the color or what does that mean?
1: So I think for us, we wanted to kind of architect some virality into the SKUs in a way that still felt organic and authentic to the brand, Um, but something that, you know, was fresh and innovative and something that still served a purpose. Like we don't want to design something just to be shared. Like we want there to be a real reason as to why we're making it. Um, But we wanted it to be interesting and frankly fun. And I think that that kind of joy had been lost from Mass for so long. And, you know, you started to see everyone launching these prestige brands and doing all of these fun and innovative things. And so we essentially wanted to just kind of breathe some life back into Mass and and doing it that way. Um, And then seeding the younger audience, which now lives on TikTok. And so making sure that we're taking kind of their preferences into consideration when developing new products.
0: And that's so interesting as I think of the relationship that California Naturals has with social media, because historically, mass brands don't have direct-to-consumer channels. So the social media was perhaps further behind than other brands. And it wasn't until these DTC native brands went into mass that you then saw this kind of invigoration of the category. But what do you think it means to operate as a mass category brand on social, do you think there's a difference between that and operating as a prestige brand on social?
1: We don't. Um, for us, it's even more exciting because the audience is, is more vast and more differentiated. Um, and so for that, we also want to make sure that our content is, is reflective, but, um, yeah, I would say there, there shouldn't be a difference. Um, you know, why, why wouldn't you apply, um, that same kind of thought philosophy to a wider demographic. Um, and I just think it's been kind of ignored for, for quite some time. Like even when I was a, a you know, a teenager, I, I wasn't really seeing mass have a lot of soul or a lot of life. So yeah, we want to be really thoughtful at every aspect of, of how we build the brand.
0: With online California naturals is going to be launching a general store. Uh, I Tell me more about
1: that. Yeah. So I think um, as we, as we, think through the business, um, mass products and especially um, shampoos and conditioners have a pretty significant fill weight. Um, So they're incredibly heavy, but we still don't want to increase the SRP for the customer. So um, in order to kind of mitigate the shipping costs and kind of the depressive margins, um, we've built out this general store. And in doing that, we also wanted to be able to give back to our local community and, you know, We have the privilege here in L.A. of all of these wonderful farmers markets and in New York as well. But, you know, many areas of the country, that doesn't exist. So we kind of wanted to create our own iteration of of the L.A. farmers market with the general store. And so we found all of these local artisans to make bespoke products for us. Um, We've partnered with a local farm as well. Um, So that will be launching in January with gift baskets and handmade soap bars and things like this. And everything is 100 percent natural, handcrafted. Um, fair trade. So we're really excited about it.
0: So what's the goal with something like the general store and sort of what you're hoping to achieve there?
1: So for us, um, I think first and foremost, we want to give back to the local community and these local artisans. Um, for example, we are working with a local beekeeper here, and in partnering with him on CalFORD and Naturals branded honey, we're also kind of showing him how how we operate the business. We're helping to provide additional infrastructure for him, help kind of automate some of his processes, um, and then starting to kind of scale that as as we increase the the general store project. Um, and then secondary to that, we want wanted to make sure that we had a viable direct business um, so that as many customers as possible would have access to the products. And um, our dot-com also serves as this hub for our community and that you'll be able to sign up for classes. We have um, free yoga classes that don't sit behind a paywall that you can access at any time. And then we'll be building that out with surf, skate, etc. in the future. So kind of um, taking like an accessible Red Bull approach to things.
0: Did you say accessible Red Bull? Is that
1: yeah, like an accessible Red Bull. Like, um, you know, I I'm not um, jumping off of a cliff in a wingsuit anytime soon, but I will try to go surfing in Malibu every once in a while. And so we wanted to kind of capture that uh, in in the content and in what we're sharing to the customers.
0: This reminds <laughs> me when California Naturals first launched, and you described the brand as Stuzzy meets Dr. Bronner's. I think I need for the audience for you to sort of like talk a little bit more about that because I certainly was like, wait, what exactly does that look like? And I love this Red Bull connection that you're now making.
1: Thank you. Um, so I was clearly bored in the nineties. Um, I still snowboard, um, <laughs> but I, one of my, and one of my favorite photographers is this guy named Ed Templeton, who was one of the original skate photographers. Um, I absolutely love his style and he's an artist as well. So um for most of his works, he actually paints over them. Um, and so for me, that is kind of the the perfect representation of a Dr. Bronner's meets Stussy. And, you know, I think everyone at some point in their lives has had that Dr. Bronner's body wash in their shower and has picked it up and read the label. And you kind of smirk to yourself when you're reading it. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Stussy on the other side of it, you know, it's like cult merchandise. It's really kind of the original like the original skate culture. And so what we wanted to do was really combine the two and bring this kind of fresh product to the mass market that had this nostalgia sprinkled in. And for us, we know that the customer, the core customer in Target um, is essentially a mother that um, is in her early to mid thirties. And so, you know, inherently was born in the nineties. And so we kind of wanted to sprinkle some of this in. And, and for me, I just kind of love the look myself. So um, there is that personal tie to it as well.
0: Yeah, it's like leveraging a bit of nostalgia, even if that person didn't necessarily grow up being part of skate culture. There's also that nostalgia for like a time or place that you didn't actually experience. Um, I'm, I'm sure many, many people have that sentiment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it was an incredible era. It really was.
0: How do you think about California Naturals in terms of what you're hoping to accomplish as a beauty entrepreneur. And, and does that differ from what your initial, perhaps larger ambitions were with Playa?
1: Yeah, I think with California Naturals, what I, I would love to see happen is, is that we really kind of push the institutional players forward in terms of what we're providing to the customers and how we provide it to them. Um, and so outside of this idea of just kind of bringing soul and life into the space and, you know, creating feeling, um, with something rather than it just being form and function. Um, but what we really want to do is, is kind of shift the shift the space forward in terms of sustainability and in terms of naturality and what clean actually means. And while you know you are seeing clean products on the shelves of mass retailers, and you actually look at the IL, you're like, what do, what is your version of clean? Because now I'm confused. Um, and nothing is is sitting above like a forty percent PCR, which is post-consumer recycled. Um, nothing is sitting above a forty percent um, recycled content. Um, like everything is still virgin plastic. And so what we want to do is create a really compelling brand and mass, and then kind of shift shift the space forward.
0: So with that in mind, what is your definition of clean and what percentage of PCR are you working with?
1: Um, So we, our package, um, the core bottle and the caps are 100% PCR. So we're really excited about that. Um, And in terms of natural for me, um, and obviously this kind of changes from space to space, but, um, you know, no silicones, no pegs. no sulfates, no parabens. And then I think the naturality should sit above 90% because I mean, half of a shampoo formula is water anyway. So um, yeah, I think, and it's not hard to do anymore. And that's the thing. When when you're looking at these formulas on shelf and there's like one brand that that is retailing right now in the mass space and the formulas are made in China. And you're like, what? The formulas are made in China? Um, that's actually terrifying. Um, when you think about it from a regulatory and compliance perspective. um, And so these readily available natural ingredients are here and they are affordable. And we would just love to start to see, you know, the mass space use them a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. Shelby, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, to chat and inform our audience as well. It was a great pleasure.
1: Thank you, Emma. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Glossy Beauty Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help us out. And of course, visit glossy.co slash beauty for even more coverage of the beauty industry. Sarah's Brook Finer will be hosting next week. Bye.